It's Light the Tower, your daily look around the world of sports with Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe, on your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way with you alongside our producer, Cameron Parker. Jeff Howe on vacation all this week. He's doing the Disney World thing uh, this week. Charlotte's probably really enjoying that. She's five. We had this discussion before about how old is old enough to to take your child to uh, to an expensive theme park. And I think a lot of that has to do with the parents thinking about this is an expensive investment. Will the child appreciate it mm-hmm. and, and, and understand it? I, that never really bothered me much. I, I thought, you know, uh, kids go through a lot of, uh, you know, experiences and places and things like that when they're really young and they might remember only flashes of it and images of it, but they they'll move on to something else. Yeah. Um, you know, it would, at Myrtle Beach, of course, where they had the pavilion for many, many years. And they still have the Grand Strand Amusement Park uh, a little further south on the, the more southern end past downtown. Uh, my parents took me when I was little, and then you'd go back later and all that other kind of stuff. And I took my kids, and we've had the, my grandkids there and that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, with theme parks costing a bit more, I think folks may consider that a little bit about whether you take your child to it. But I think a lot of them will like it. I have friends who are in their 20s that love to go still. They are fired up for Disney. It's like, where do you want to go? Disney World. Okay, I'm, are you sure? I'm telling you. My daughter's there right now, and she's having a time yeah. of her life. She loves it. <laughs> so, so it's, yeah. It, it, and at my older daughter went to Disneyland with her husband and kids. And, and there's the other theme parts. I took my kids uh, to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg, Virginia, mm-hmm. uh, when they were uh, younger. And of course there's six flags, you know, people yeah. go, go, go to six flags a lot, Fiesta, Texas and six flags over Texas. I was looking at that the other day when I went to that Rangers game and we were watching the roller coasters go on and my grandson, and then he was looking at all that and the Batman coaster and all these other ones. And all I could think about how hot must it yeah. be to sit in that uh, to sit in that roller coaster at 100 degrees. And when we were younger, we didn't mind it as much. Obviously, now that I'm older, uh, I, I I can't handle yeah. that kind of heat. I, I used to be able to handle a lot, when, you know, like, like yourself. I grew up in North Carolina, so we didn't have Major League Baseball around us. They still don't have it there. They have a lot of minor league ball uh, there, but they don't have Major League Baseball. The closest Major League Baseball uh, is in Washington or in Atlanta. And so that's... That's a weekend excursion if you were to go and do that. So it wasn't as simple as going to the ballpark. Uh, and when I first got out to Texas, living in the Metroplex, one of the neatest things to me when I moved out at age 18 was proximity to major pro sports. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. So I didn't mind the heat so much going to uh, Rangers games, uh, you know, in the old Arlington Stadium. Uh, but as I got older and as they transitioned into the ballpark in Arlington, later Globe Life Park, whatever, I started to feel that heat a lot more. And I think the last Ranger baseball game that I took my kids to, uh, took my sons to, uh, in, the, in, in what is now Choctaw Field, 
was like 2014 or 2015, and it was so hot. I was like, I can't do this anymore. So, you know, I would instead wind up taking them to Houston instead of going to Minute Maid or, or some other park. I've, I've taken my sons to several, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Washington, Baltimore, uh, or not Baltimore, uh, but St. Louis, Cincinnati, Chicago, Pittsburgh, uh, or Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, uh, Atlanta, uh, different ones. And, um, you know, you could deal with the, the with the temperatures a little better, although St. Louis can be really oppressive, hot and humid in the summertime. It can be like that. But it was nice being able to take my grandson to a climate-controlled environment. I'll yeah. admit that. And I'm, I, I'm on record as saying this. I don't mind um, the dome situation in Arlington, A, because obviously because of being climate-controlled. But even the ballpark itself on the inside is nice. Now, I understand. It looks like a big old barbecue grill from the outside. I get that. It does. But very few ballparks really look that scenic uh, from the outside, domed. Very few domed ballparks, even if they have retractable roofs, look scenic from the outside. They look like a big boil on the end of your hand, or they look like a, a big barbecue grill or something like that. But you, you get inside, and it looks nice, and, and it's pretty nice there. So I didn't, I didn't mind that. Um, it's very quick. You can find the bathrooms very quickly, and that's high on my list. Is yeah. bathrooms at a wide event. concourses, huge, huge wide so concourses. It. it is. It's going in. It's weird because it doesn't. It doesn't feel like a ballpark. Yeah. I, I went to a handful of games at Globe Life Field. Yeah, it's a little bit different, but I I enjoyed it. And at the old year, Globe Life yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. But this one, I mean, because I would one? go during the summer. Yeah, and by you know those those games, man, you're just absolutely cooking. Yeah. You're cooking. This one, not so much. I want to go because now, last year, I mean, they were awful team out of the playoff yeah. race by the time we were up there in July for the Big 12 media days. This year, you know, it's a good first, in the, first in the, the division. So, would love to see this team with a, with a good crowd there. Yep, and it was a big crowd. It was a sellout on yeah. Saturday. Um, so, it's it's a big uh, uh, CB on the Specs text line says, you ever go to a Durham Bulls game? I never did, but I went to Carolina Mudcats. Saw them. Greensboro Grasshoppers. Canapolis Intimidators? I haven't been to the, the to see the Canapolis Intimidators. Did they change the Cannonballs name? Cannonballs now. Cannonballs, that's it. Because Ricky Williams, I believe, played for the Intimidators, correct? He did. He did briefly. And he played for the Jamestown Jammers. I saw, I saw them in upstate New York. Uh, Myrtle Beach Pelicans, mm-hmm. I've seen. Charlotte uh, Knights? Uh, I have not been to okay. Knights Castle. Isn't that what it's called or it was? It was because they were playing in, I believe, Fort Mill, South Carolina. Now yeah. they're just downtown at BB&T Ballpark, That's which is right. a beautiful view, by the way. Yeah. It, it, they used to play down there by Carowinds, by yeah. the, by the yeah. theme park. Yeah. Um, so I, I've seen a lot of minor league baseball in a lot of parks, from AAA ballparks all the way down to the old uh, rookie leagues, which don't really exist anymore, Appalachian League Rookie League, mm-hmm. I saw. I've seen uh, games there. But uh, I haven't been uh, to Durham. Um, so Coach 66 says, you know, uh, if we could – it could get chilly in the summertime of those old bleachers out in Arlington with the wind blowing. <laughs> it was brutal. When when Linda and I were dating, and and people know our story about how we, that we dated when we were uh, in college and uh, – and then split up, and then, like I said, you know, I, I was happily married for thirty years, and had four kids and grandkids and all that, and I lost my wife seven years ago to, to cancer, and then uh, Linda and I, um, uh, a few years back, r- r- randomly ran into each other, and then and uh, uh, got to know each other very well again, and then ended up getting married. Well, when we dated the first time back in the 
early 80s, she hated going to Ranger games. A, she was 17, 18, so Mm -hmm. she didn't like like that. B, and this was most important, it was hot in Arlington sitting out in those bleachers like we did with friends a lot. And she said she did, you know, uh, back in the 90s, early 2000s, a company outing or something went to uh, then Globe Life Park went a couple, but it was still it was just very, very hot. Well, uh, she's got to where she really loves baseball now, and some of that was taking her out to see the Dodgers, where it's much more climate controlled. And in Atlanta, we had great seats uh, there on that. But also, she likes that climate controlled environment of Minute Maid or or in Arlington as well. And so that makes it a little bit, little bit different, you know, uh, for folks more palatable. Somebody said, I, I get my dad a new hat from a different minor league team every year for Father's Day. This year, I got him a Greensboro Grasshoppers hat. There There you you go. go. The Hoppers, who are the high A affiliate of the Pirates, if memory serves, uh, on that. I did see, uh, we went in the the stadium shop in Arlington and uh, took the grandson in there, and he wanted a plushie. I've been told that's what everybody calls them now. The kids is the plushie. You get the stuffed animal. Well, we used to always say a stuffed animal. Now they call them plushies. So... He wanted a plushie of you know what the name of the Rangers mascot is? It's isn't it a horse, right? Yeah, it is. Do you know oh, what the name no, is? I don't. Captain. Captain. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. He wanted a plushie of Captain when he saw it in there. He just turned five. Okay. And so we got him the plushie of of Captain. You know, but in there they have caps, Ranger caps, and they had they had a cap of their uh single A, low A ball affiliate, the Downey Wood, Wood Ducks. Ducks. Yeah. yeah, from Kinston. Uh there. So uh, so it was. Uh, I saw that in there uh, as well. Uh, it back to our, in, in our cleanup on the Specs text line. We were talking about theme parks. Somebody said Pacific Playland. I never, I, I never went in the uh, Pacific Playland. I hadn't been there. Or Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, was it Six Flags Magic Mountain out there in California? Those were some of the other ones uh, there. Uh, Six Flags had a lot of theme parks. The Great America one, Mid America, Great America there in New Jersey, Mid America there in Missouri. Uh, so there's a lot of those um, that that were all part of that that franchise thing. Was uh, there an age where you were just like, okay, I'm too old for this? Until you had kids, because I know when you have kids, you kind of have to take them. But was there an age when when you were still? Uh, I went when I was in my. Late 20s or early 30s, I might have just had one or two kids at the time, but they weren't with us. It was a company outing, and my wife and I went at the time Mm -hmm. to Six Flags in Arlington. And I like roller coasters. I always have. But I got on the Texas Giant, and it shook me so much. My back, when I got off, I was was walking crooked. (laughs) I looked like a question mark. I mean, I, I I was, it was hurting so bad, I thought, okay, I'm done. done I'm yeah. done with roller coasters because I can't take that that vi- vibrating the thing. It hurt my lower back. Somebody asked if we've ever been to Cedar Point. No, that's if memory serves. That's Sandusky, Ohio, right there yeah. on Lake Erie with the giant roller coaster. There, I believe that has the fastest or the highest roller coaster currently in, in North America. See, now I, I would like all that. It's just the rattling and the shaking yeah. that that hurts. You know, um, so. Uh, somebody else uh, uh, says Jeff Mudd says I have a buddy who has more than a hundred. Current, former, and defunct minor league ball caps. Haven't seen the top of his head in decades. There you go. I have I have a little bit of a collection, not a hundred. I have one from the Port City Roosters, who were for a while a double A AA affiliate, 
of, I believe, the White Sox mm. uh, in Wilmington, North Carolina. And then they moved to Mobile and became the Mobile Bay Bears. Uh, but they were they they had big old big old chicken on the front, big old rooster on the hat. The Port City Rooster. Because Wilmington's also known as the Port City there uh, on the North Carolina coast. Do they still have the boomstick at Globe Life? Yes, they do. Now, I did not eat the boomstick. Uh, I did not have that. I just had a regular hot dog, um, and uh, and so did my grandson, and so did Linda. We all had hot dogs. But if you've never seen the boomstick, have you seen it, Cam? I've seen a picture of it. I have not tried it yet. My youngest son, Jason, went to a Rangers game. It's a foot long, right? Oh, it's two feet long. Oh, it's long. two feet. Uh, he went. We were in Miami at the time. It was the same night that Roger and I went to see the Marlins game, so I could check that ballpark off the list. I'm glad it's checked off of the checked list. Off, yeah. yeah, it's not you know not one of the more scenic ones. But um, he was at a Rangers game that night, and he got the boomstick. Now. I ordered a boomstick, uh, or he wanted one, when we went to the league championship series game during the pandemic in 2020 when the Braves and Dodgers played at Globe Life, and we got a boomstick, and we, we kind of chopped it up and split it up. My son-in-law and I and Jason all ate it, managed to get it down. But you know, when it, Oh, my Lord. Yeah. He ordered the boomstick when he went that Friday night with everything on it, including the jalapenos and the, the onions and everything else on it. This is chili and cheese and this giant monstrosity hot dog. And he ate the whole thing. You can't even, but you can't eat this at your seat, though. Like, you got to. Yeah, you can. It's, it's, I feel like you're going to get, I don't know. <laughs> you, I don't know. You take it back to your seat and you sit down and you just start cutting into it. You got a fork and a knife and you just start eating mess, it. It's a mess, though. I mean. It is. It is. Take you plenty of napkins because it is. Does it, it come with, on the, the platter come with it or? Yeah, they put okay. it on a little platter thing for you. Yeah. It, they have like a regular foot-long chili cheese, and I almost got that the other day, and I didn't. But they put that on a plate, too. Yeah, I see that so, one as well. Yeah, the the boomstick. Now, that's a highway. That thing is that thing is massive. So, you know, on a day when we were talking about what, what are you trying to do, if anything, to try to get a little healthier, to help yourself a little bit, are you taking some? This probably does not fit yeah. into that category, the boomstick. I get it. I under I understand, uh, so um, so <coughs> somebody said, "Is there a story about the minor league mascot names? Very clever names. Just wondering who gets to name the teams. Normally, it's a it's a name the team con, uh, contest. Now, I will also tell you, uh, I talked to Reed Ryan about this uh, when they were going through the deal between." Uh, what they were going to name the Round Rock Express back in 99. Reed favored, and I did as well, the Fire Ants. Mm -hmm. We thought they should have been called the Round Rock Fire Ants. Uh, But he understood the heavy uh, push from fans and all because of the Ryan family involvement to, to call it the Express. And that's why it became the Express. But Reed will tell you, and others will tell you as well, that there might be a name the team concept, but uh, a, a contest, but quite often the owners have already decided yeah. or do decide. They make the final decision on what the team is going to be called, whether it's what those who were voting for it sent in the most votes for that one specific name or not. The people who own the franchise are going to call it what they want to call it. Uh, that, it's like that, that uh, high school name contest. 
in Inconceivable a few months back about the Satans or the Devils? Devils like Satans. Devil Devil, Satan. Devils Lake, North Dakota. Uh, they finally just, you know, the folks, they got so much, you know, blowback on that. They said, yeah. wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, there's the, um, the, the, there's several different ones, uh, some, some interesting minor league team names, because a lot of times it's because it sells merchandise or whatever. Hey, over the weekend, Saturday, you know, um, Round Rock has an alter ego. And they'll do it once or twice a year where they go by the Round Rock Chupacabras. Mm-hmm. And they have a Chupacabra on the hat, and they have like black and lime green. And they played the El Paso Chihuahuas, which by itself is its own very creative name. But they went to the Margaritas. Ooh. And my son Andy was there, and he said he was going to. He was going to get. He was going to order one of those El Paso hats. He thought they were really cool. So during the COVID year, when minor league baseball was shut down. There yeah. was summer league baseball being played, and mm-hmm. there was the Round Rock Harry Man. That's right. Where did that come? That's from, from the Harry Man story in Round Rock. Okay, yeah, that, you know the, the legend of the Harry Man. You know of Harry Man Road, yeah, of course, which branches off from Sam Bass under construction right now. Yeah, <laughs> perennially. So, uh, so yeah, that, there, there's usually local legends and things like that. Uh, so you bring you, that back for Alter Ego Weekend. Or yeah. a separate one. That would be fun because they, they had fun uniforms that year. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, and what is uh, uh, what's what's uh, Sugarland now? They're the Space Cowboys. Cowboys yeah. yeah, our friend Garrett Green mm-hmm. uh, on the play-by-play team for that. Uh, River st- Cats are here this weekend in Round Rock, Sacramento. Yeah. The Giants AAA team. Let me said, how about the Portland Pickles of the West Coast Leagues? And that would be a uh, that that would be – is that a Woodbat Summer League, I think, the West Coast League? I think it's just low-A ball, isn't it? There's no West Coast League that's lower A ball. There's not a minor league that's the North, that's the West Coast League. That would be West Coast League. Yes, that is the collegiate summer league. Yeah, it's a wood bat summer league yeah. thing. Hey, my dad's hometown, Ashburn, Ashburn Copperheads, mm-hmm. because there's lots of Copperhead snakes around there. You know, I'm thinking of the Hillsboro Hops, Double A team, where I believe Ivan Melendez, Single A, Single A, where where Ivan Melendez is tearing it up right yeah. now. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, the Hillsboro Hops outside of Oregon. So CB says he still has his Round Rock Harry Man. There it is, the nice, Round Rock Harry nice. Man hat. Uh, Nate used to go to the Tyler Wildcatters game all the time. That was in the uh, uh, Texas Louisiana League. And he said, uh, "Good fun there." So anyway, so that that was the deal with that. Uh, somebody said, "I thought Disney World had closed." When we did the story originally, they said that. Then they said they're just not doing paying for the expansion. They're not going to do the expansion sections. things. Yeah. All right, uh, when we come back, uh, we will have our uh, Flex 30 update and uh, this hour's Longhorn Notebook. Somebody asked me to recap uh, the commitments of the weekend. We'll do that when we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Light the tower.
This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craig Way, our producer. Cam Parker with you here on this Monday afternoon. What inspired you to go with this particular musical selection? Heard Ty play a Dire Maker in the yep. last hour of B&E. So, you know, thought we could continue the trend of playing a little Led Zeppelin. I start to say, proving once again that Led is not dead, right? Of course not. <laughs> and then it, it goes on there. Uh, all right. Uh, let's move forward now to our uh, Flex 30 update for you. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. I wanted to uh, repeat this from the other day because I, I got I got several emails from folks and there was some confusion over when the new high school football season starts. Mm-hmm. And there were some people who thought that that I had said that the uh, that week one of the high school football season was starting August 17th. No, it's not that early. It is earlier uh, than it usually is, but that's when you can have your first scrimmage mm-hmm. is, is August 17th. The August 7th, now... Uh, the first scrimmage can be August 10th. That's what I've somebody said. August 10th? Did you say the season starts August? No. It, l- let me see if I can clarify it again for you. For schools in class 1A, that would be six man, all the way up to 4A. And 5A and 6A schools that did not have spring practice. There's a few of them around. Most of the 5A and 6A programs that do not do spring drills are ones that um, choose not to have it because the numbers are going to be down. There's a lot of inner city schools that might, you know, uh, kids are, are running track or playing other sports, or they might have uh, jobs. In other words, that they don't, they really can't also devote some time to spring football. So that happens to uh, a handful of programs. But most Six A's and and a good measure of five A's also do spring practice. Those who do not are allowed to start their first day of conditioning on July 31st. So no contact activities are permitted. Um, all you can wear is helmets on that. And their first full day of contact is August 5th. For those five A and six A programs that did have spring practice, August 7th is the first day of conditioning. August 12th is the first day of condition, of first day of full contact. For scrimmages, for those without spring practice, it can be August 10th. Uh, for the 5A and 6A programs that had spring dr- drills, uh, their first scrimmage is August 17th. Uh, now, here's where it gets a little bit funny. There can be a third scrimmage uh, for schools that didn't have spring practice, but you can't play on the zero week if you do that, if you do a third scrimmage. And most programs now are used to playing on the zero week anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, for those that did have spring practice, you uh, you can't have a third week. In fact, you can't even have a second scrimmage if you're going to play on uh, week one. Just the, one the and old done. zero week. Yeah. 
because it starts earlier this year. And that's the key to that deal. That's why it's the way it is. August 24th. That's right. August 24th, Thursday. August 24th is the first day of games. Like, for example, Taco Shack Bowl. Yeah. Thursday, August 24th. We mentioned Roger Wallace. KBVO will televise that. They always do every year. They do that Taco Shack Bowl. Uh, Anderson McCallum over at House Park. But Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 24th, 25th, 26th is what's called week one. They don't even call it zero week anymore. It's week one through week 11. You have 11 weeks to play 10 games, but it's through week 11. Week 17 technically is your state championship week, although the UIL doesn't really split into that. They just go week one, week two, week three, all the way up to uh, state championship week, which is the sixth week of the playoffs. So uh, the, the opening weekend of the season would be August 24th, 25th, 26th. And week 11, last week of the regular season, is the first weekend in November, November 2nd, 3rd, 4th. Friday, November 3rd, mark that down, will be the final Friday night of the regular season, November 3rd. Earlier this year, the way the calendar flips. So your district certification has to happen the next day on Saturday, the 4th. Then the playoff dates start that next weekend, November 9, 10, 11, for week one. Uh, week three, you're halfway through the playoffs at Thanksgiving weekend. That's the halfway point. Uh, and the state championships are December 13th through the 16th, starting on that Wednesday with the 1A six-man and one of the 2A classifications uh, and going all the way to Saturday the 16th. That's right. The state champions will be crowned a full nine days before Christmas this year. Which I think sets up nicely this year. I'm glad yeah. it's over with a little bit earlier. Yeah, yeah, it'll be early. And every few years you have one of those where, where the calendar flips like that. So there it is. Hope that clarifies things for you there. That's our Flex 30 update. Uh, how about a second-hour notebook? Longhorn notebook. Okay. Uh, I had, uh, I think it was Phil who asked me on the uh, Specs Technical line uh, right around the top of the hour and said, uh, hey, uh, CW, I just tuned in. I spent most of the morning with uh uh, most of the morning in ER with a friend. Could you please recap Sark's recruiting weekend? First of all, I hope everything's all right with your friend there uh, with uh, with ER. But, yes, uh, the way it went uh, over the weekend, the Longhorns hosted 20 prospects from across the country on official visits. They had two commitments over the weekend on Saturday. Four-star defensive back prospect Santana Wilson, the son of former all-pro NFL safety Adrian Wilson, He's from Scottsdale, Arizona, out of Desert Mountain High, 6 feet, 175 pounds, committed yesterday uh, out of Smithson Valley, wide receiver, pretty fast guy, Freddie DuBose, who was coming back from an ACL injury and still took part in the state track meet. Uh, DuBose had played uh, at Shirts Clemens and then uh, moved, family moved, and he's at Smithson Valley. So those two commitments happened there. And... Uh, and so now, as it as it stands, two commitments, but they had uh, twenty prospects. And we were talking about one uh, kid from the state of Texas, the San Antonio area, and the other one from Arizona. As they continue to uh, recruit nationally, this Longhorn program does. So hopefully that uh, answers the question for you. For those who asked about the transfer portal for baseball, Mitchell Daly did put his name into the portal, and the Longhorns also picked up Hearthorn um, right-hander Will Rigney from Baylor transferring in uh, through the portal. So that's what, what happened there 
with that. All right. Um, I, I did want to, before we got done, uh, just, just a quick word or two about the College World Series because uh, they have another elimination game today uh, at uh, 1 o'clock, and that is Tennessee and Stanford. Stanford really played Wake Forest very well on Saturday. It took two in the bottom of the eighth for Wake to overcome that, to beat the Cardinal, and uh, to advance the number one overall seed into the winner's bracket where they're going to play LSU, maybe the hottest team in the tournament. Uh, Florida's playing really well. Wake is obviously playing really well. Oral Roberts was just really red red hot through the Friday game before falling uh, to Florida last night. Very entertaining game. Uh, But the Gators managed. And it was also that bizarre situation where Kevin O'Sullivan, the head coach for Florida, forgot how many mound visits had taken place. He was fired up after that. Yeah, went out there a seventh mound visit, and so uh, had to make a had to make a change, and uh, and had to pull his closer out. Brought in the freshman and brought in the freshman lefty, and he did a, he did a heck yeah. of a job. Fisher did. Uh, so bases loaded in back to back innings, Craig in the College World Series. Woo! And got and got through. Can't it. imagine how he felt. Yeah. So and then afterwards, he said, uh, O'Sullivan said, "It's all on him." He said, "I and and the ESPN guys were speculating on this, and I think there's some merit to this that they had a review, I guess it was, and during the review, the catcher had gone out to the mound, yeah. so that counted as the sixth visit, and maybe he didn't notice it or just forgot it, and so then when he went back out, they're like, yep, and seven, seven. got to make you got to make a change. Um, that could have been an awful." coaching mistake as it turned out he saved some pitches for his closer as a result plus they get two days off now they're going to be very very fresh and very very difficult to beat uh against the survivor of Oral roberts and tcu who play tomorrow in elimination game nice win for tcu horn frogs uh you know pretty much controlled a lot of the game but virginia was always getting close but they couldn't get over the hump mm-hmm. And, and TCU had to spend a lot of pitching. Now, they do get a day off today, so that will help. And then they're going to have to find some more starting pitching. This is where the Horn Frogs have run into trouble uh, getting after once you go past Cole Klecker and then Sam Stottenborough uh, finding uh, somebody else to be able to do it. So we'll see how that uh, ultimate uh, – Cameron Brown. Cam Brown may be the guy who gets the call tomorrow uh, for the Frogs. And you have that other elimination game. Uh, today, which will be Stanford against Tennessee. And Tennessee was really struggling, obviously, as so many have all season long, against Paul Skeens. And then finally started to get to him a little bit, and then the Tiger bullpen shut it down from there and got the win. Paul opened with the 102-mile-per-hour fastball in his opening strikeout. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Omaha. Yeah, he's something else. Uh, So tonight, Wake Forest and LSU. It'll be a lot of fun at 6 o'clock as those do play tonight. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Light the Tower with Craig Way and Jeff Howe.
All right, before we get uh, done and wrap it up here, uh, folks was uh, folks were asking me about some other things. Uh, has there ever been a knuckleball pitcher at the college level? Um, I'm just trying to think. I, I can't remember somebody throwing the knuckleball at the collegiate level. I've seen a lot of things. Who uh, was it? Jetson Merle was uh, part of a national championship team in Texas that threw a threw a split change, and you see that happen. Uh, there's different ones, but I don't. I can't remember seeing a knuckleballer at the collegiate level. Um, uh, somebody said, like I tell my softball girls, the ball will find you. Tennessee will lose today because of arrogance. And that number 38 fat lefty for LSU pitches this <laughs> evening. Look out. <laughs> Here in the whipping and the ball will find it. We'll see. We'll see how that goes, D-Fry. Uh, uh, somebody did that. Yeah, the uh, Four Seasons was back. We were talking about that back in the day. Uh, so... Uh, somebody else uh, point out the uh, San Antonio, the Flying Chonklas, I guess. That's that's what that is, and they, there's a hat on that. So there's another alter ego hat there. Um, when we lived in California, we'd take my Little League team, the Padres, which that was the name of the Little League team, to the Atalanto Mavericks games all the time, uh, says CB, and says, and then they changed to the High Desert Mavericks. That's right, and don't exist anymore. Lansing Lugnuts is another one of those. There's lots of it. The Great Lakes Loons. There, that's a Dodger single-A affiliate. What's your favorite one, Craig? Let me think about that. Okay. Let me think about that. Because uh, there, there's there's some, I mean, some partiality to my hometown, Greensboro Grasshoppers. But there's other ones. There's other, there's some funny, funny ones. So I, I, I will, I'll give that, I'll give that some, some thought uh, on that. Um, so there you are. Hey, here's somebody said the current bullpen coach for the Braves, Drew French, local Austinite, was a knuckleball pitcher at Concordia. Who knew? Right? Yeah. Well done, sir. Thank you. All right, we're done for today's program. Why don't you stay tuned, Chad and Zay are up next for the vacationing, Jeff Howe. And for our man behind the glass, our producer Cameron Parker. I'm Craig Way. We thank you for joining us. We'll look forward to visiting with you tomorrow morning at ten o'clock right here on Light the Tower.